Welcome to the Director's Roundtable, a stage right theater podcast where we discuss all things directing. My name is Starshine Stanfield. I'm the Artistic Director of Stage Right Theater and one of your hosts for this podcast. And I'm Jim Nelson, Associate Artistic Director at Stage Right Theater and your co-host for these podcasts. Coming up at Stage Right Theater, November 30th through December 9th, we're going to have the Christmas Wayfair at the Wynn Russell House, written by Beverly Austin, a local playwright, will actually take place at the Wynn Russell House. It's about the Wynn family. Back in 1840, that will be a Christmas uh, celebration with a lot of Christmas music from that time. Then in January, we have Every Brilliant Thing by Duncan McMillan with uh, Johnny Donahoe, and that'll be at the Hanary Swimming Tennis Club. In March, we're going to have Matt and Ben by Mindy Kaling and Brenda Withers, also at the Swimming Tennis Club. And in May, Round Heeled Woman by Jane Prouse, based on the book by Jane Juska, also at the Swimming Tennis Club. We also have a couple other things we're going to be doing. Uh, some murder mysteries, a fun dinner murder mysteries. in One in February at the Wynn Russell House and a one in April at 1910 in Lilburn. So join us for those. Also, starting in January, we're going to have acting classes for uh, youth and adults. And those will be at the Momentum Dance Studio in Snellville. Stay tuned. Check them all out on our uh, website, stagerighttheater.org. Or follow us on Facebook. Welcome back to the Director's Roundtable. We're really glad you joined us again. We'd like it if you started commenting, though. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Today we are actually recording inside the historic Wynn Russell House, which you've heard us mention on numerous occasions. They have been the gracious host to our auditions and some shows, and it's a beautiful space, but we're recording inside the Wynn Russell House today, and we are talking with Jean Paulson. Jean? Hello. So yes, I am Gene Paulson, <laughs> and I am uh, directing Angel Street, and I'm really excited about this because um, we get a chance to do a play about an old house in the old house, mm-hmm. <laughs> or in an old house, <laughs> not, the old house. <laughs> not the old house, <laughs> but in the in a old house, in an old house. Yes, in an yeah. old house, which was built just about the same time as the play takes place. So that's exciting. Very exciting is the fact that we're doing it in a room in a house, as opposed to an, a traditional theater space, which has made it very interesting as far as blocking and set design, lighting design, etc. because there are things that we can do and things we can't do because this is a historic landmark. Yes. So, um, more things we can't do. Than things <laughs> yes, more things. Exactly. Yes. 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 So lighting and and staging is all going to be very interesting, and I can't wait to see how this works out because it's just it's just such an exciting opportunity to do this, uh, especially it, it's a murder slash melodrama mystery in a house that is purportedly haunted. Yes. And the house in Angel Street is purportedly haunted. And if you come, you'll find out exactly who is haunting the house. (laughs) So as far as background, I'm originally from Canada, been doing theater professionally since 1971. Came here in 1981-82 season at the Alliance Theater. Uh, Did a directing internship with Fred Chappell and Charles Abbott, uh, who were the co-artistic directors at the time. And I have been back and forth between here and Canada for years and have been here since 1987, and I am so excited to be doing my second show, Always in Visitors, I'm playing Arthur uh, earlier this year, 
and now um, have been given the opportunity to direct a play, and it's so much fun working with these people who are great. I, for one, can't wait to see it. Um, I don't know if we'll get the podcast up before it closes, so you might have missed out. Sorry, listeners, but <laughs> I know it's going to be fantastic. You know you hear me talk about A Doll's House all the time, so now it's going to be A Doll's House in Angel Street in the Wynn Russell House. It's the same setup. It's going to be fantastic. I'm really excited for it. All right, today we're going to be talking about found space theater because we are in the we are in tech week currently for a show that is in a technically a found space. So found space theater has its own unique set of challenges, but it also has its own unique set of benefits, um, both to the director, to the actors, to the audience, and. So, yeah, so we're just going to be talking about those things today. Again, finding this space, <laughs> um, it's interesting. Rehearsing, we were rehearsing in another space, mm-hmm. in a room actually just about the same size, which has helped tremendously, and trying to envision what it was going to look like in this room as opposed to that room. It's just a really tight space. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you have to figure out where to put audience. Mm-hmm. Right. Because, and you can't do a lot of lighting because if you put in lighting, you have to eliminate audience. Right. And we need to have at least as many audience members as we do <laughs> <laughs> performers. So just think about doing a play in your living room with 20 visitors yes. as the audience. Right. Exactly. Right. And, and five to tech. seven people on stage at the same, same time. time. Right. Yes. So, yes, uh, very, very interesting and um, challenging, shall we say. Mm-hmm. Also, it, a place uh, like the Wynn Russell House is not 21st century wiring, <laughs> which limits the amount of lighting and sound and so forth that can be yes. done. So, Min- minimal wiring. Right, yeah. <laughs> Fortunately, the Angel Street takes place in a dim room. <laughs> right, which gets dimmer. <laughs> so that's helpful. Um, for those of you who are not from Lilburn or just not familiar with this this gem, um, a little bit about the Wynn Russell House. It was actually built in 1826. It is a historic landmark, as they mentioned earlier. And it was built by... Thomas Wynn. Thomas Wynn? Yeah. It was built by Thomas Wynn. <laughs> a factoid I just had in my head. <laughs> <laughs> And the last resident was Mary Russell, is that correct? Right. Mary Russell. And it stood empty for a long time after she passed in the 70s. Lilburn Community Partnership took it on and became its stewards and got it registered as a historical landmark. And now it's it's a fantastic place just to come visit. They do ghost tours. They do regular tours. They hold events here. Staged Right has hold, held several events here. So if you're looking for it, it's on Windrush Russell Drive in Lilburn, and it's a really neat place to just stop by. Um, we actually discovered it when we were looking for, I believe, audition spaces um, ages ago. And I remember Kendall, the managing director, we were having auditions here, and she was kind of looking around. She's like, we could do a show here. And I was like, no, we couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> Are you seeing the same space I am? It's tiny. But it kind of stuck in my head, and as we were planning our first season, I I knew we were including a doll's house, and the more I thought about it, the more I was like, I think Kendall's right. I think we could do a show there. So we called out the director, and he checked out the space and did some hard thinking (laughs) whether he wanted to take that challenge on. 
And he said yes, and it really was one of our most successful shows. So we're really excited to come back to the same space for Angel Street, which has that same intimate atmosphere. So with the Doll's House, you you basically got a front row seat, literally, like you're sitting in somebody's living room watching their marriage fall apart. And it was painful and wonderful and beautiful. And in Angel Street, you're going to be sitting in somebody's living room watching her fall apart. Right. <laughs> right. Yes. Yes. I, I mean, the, the, I've been telling people about this and saying, and they said, well, how many seats? I said, well, 24. And they went, really? And I said, yeah, 24. And I said, and you will be as close to the actors as you are to me. Right. And, they, and their eyes just pop open and go, wow. I said, is that exciting to you? And they go, oh, yeah. Because <laughs> you're right in the room. Yeah. You're right there. Right in the room. You, everybody's actually part of it. Yes. Because the, you, can't, you cannot remove yourself. Exactly. From, from the action. You're, you're in the action. Yeah. There is no fourth wall. There's no, no there's no safe distance. No. You are you are in it. You are invested, and it just makes for a fantastic theater experience for the audience. And interesting for the actors. Yes. Who have to concentrate very much. Yes, yeah. especially when a coke can rolls on stage. <laughs> <laughs> yes, in 1880. Yes. <laughs> that would be interesting. That, that, that happened. happened at all okay, that's really yeah. interesting. You were talking earlier about rehearsal space, you know, and then transferring from rehearsal mm-hmm. space to the space, mm-hmm. which is always a challenge with found space theater. And, and even a lot of community theaters that have a steady space may not have access to that space for rehearsals. So there's right. that that transfer. So. Um, when I ran County Seat Players in, well, we were based in Lawrenceville, but we literally were all over the county that's what we were we were a found space theater we had no home and there were discussions at times of trying to find a permanent home but we liked the idea that we were encompassing the entire county as our name implied county seat players well county seat i guess is lawrenceville but right you get my draft <laughs> but one of my favorite found spaces that we did we actually did a show called Gas and Candles, not to be confused with Gaslight, which is the other name for the show that we're doing here, Angel Street. We did a show called Gas and Candles, and we did it in this tiny little art gallery with, you know, all the paintings and the columns with paintings and everything. And Katie Clark was my managing director, and she was also um, starring in the show. And uh, Stephen Miller, for those of you who know Stephen Miller, he was in it. And it was, I mean, it was a fantastic experience, but it was oddly, oddly intimate. And I don't mean intimate in the way that we are here, where you're like invested in the, where, you know, where you're invested emotionally in that way. It was intimate in that you're invested in suspension of disbelief is what I'm trying to say. We asked a lot of the audience in suspending their disbelief and in accepting that this tiny little art gallery in Norcross was actually this British apartment and that it explodes at the end. Um, Spoilish. That in itself was a challenge in that when you bring an audience into a theater, an actual theater space with a stage and lights and everything, you you are able to kind of block them, you know, like horse blinders on them. Um, I'm not comparing our audience to horses, but, uh, you know, put blinders on them and kind of block out what's real and let them point their focus at what's going on on stage. 
and so that they can kind of fall in and buy in and suspend their disbelief for that show whereas some place like the art gallery you know we we didn't have the lighting for that you know and so all around them you know are these gorgeous paintings and columns and things hanging from the ceiling and we really had to ask them to just shut that out and buy in mm -hmm to this little <laughs> center part of the gallery where we were putting on our show. That's interesting. You're talking about galleries several years ago, actually many years ago. I was in Winnipeg, which is my kind of home city, Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. And we did Marat Saad on the roof hmm. of the art gallery. Wow. Which has a pond in the middle, mm -hmm. on the roof, Right. A pond with a slab, a concrete slab, floating in the middle of it, which was so interesting <laughs> to do. <laughs> but you know, there was, and, and we did it with, with with almost like a Greek chorus. And it was just, it was just so, it was so interesting doing that show on the roof, outdoors, traffic going by, and you've got the audience uh -huh. there, and the audience needs to be pulled right in, so. The, I'm just saying. Yeah. You know, you mentioned gallery, and all of a sudden, it took me back yeah. to that time. It was so exciting. Yeah, I mean that just that just ups the challenge for the director and the actors to to be compelling enough, you know, to make the audience forget that traffic and that concrete slab and that pond and and really buy into what you're doing. If you hear power tools, by the way, as I mentioned, we are recording in the Win Russell House, and they are in tech. For Angel Street, so building the set. they're doing some building, and and we're fine with that. But you also have to, when you think about it, your entrances and exits are pretty much the same doors the audience uses because yeah. sometimes you're in a room where it only has one or two doors and and one bathroom and one bathroom. Right? <laughs> and there, there's no backstage. There's you know no wings, no wings, nothing. no curtain. Right? No. You know, so everybody's just using the same space, and it takes a lot more planning. In the initial putting the show together, the director has to do a lot more to figure out how you're going to do this, how you're going to do that, who's going where. This afternoon, the actors were in here trying right. to hair, doing hair and makeup and all mm -hmm. and things like that, and um, were asking me, so one bathroom, are we just going to walk through the audience? And I said, yeah, because yeah. <laughs> if you need to go between between <coughs> acts, you yeah. just you know we're all here together. Mm -hmm. So so. Stay in character. If somebody talks to you, re, you know, don't ignore them. Talk to them. Talk to them. But in stay character. in character. Mm -hmm. So you are you are that person in your house, <laughs> <laughs> and you have all these guests yeah. who are watching your marriage fall apart. But <laughs> but still, uh, I mean, it, it just there's so many interesting little challenges and right. so many interesting little things that you have to deal with well yeah and and technical challenges too um for example right. you know in angel street you need gas lighting hence the original title gaslight the british title and the title of the movie is gaslight gaslight is actually a character in this play and you need <coughs> that that effect well you can't come into a house like the historical when russell house and you know, start running gas pipes and drilling holes and in the walls. Start a fire. <laughs> right. No open flames things. in this house. Yeah. So, you know, our technical director is pulling out all his creativity to, to make that effect happen, restricted by the space that we're in. And I'm very excited to see how that works out, right. too. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, it, I, am, I trust him, and it will be, 
it will be interesting to say the least. Yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure we'll, we'll, we've talked about several different ways of doing it. I'm not going to give anything away. <laughs> but you also get into house lights and stage lights are basically mm-hmm. the same lights. Right. Yes. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. It's lighting, what's lighting the room is going right. to be lighting the room. Right. Yeah. So you what don't have you? a lot of special lighting effects. You might do a couple little things, but yeah. very limited in what you can do. Right. But on the flip side of that, you don't have to build flats and fire, you know, or a fireplace, or a fireplace, or you know, do any you know. It's, Windows it's minimal. are already there. Yeah, yeah, it's minimal as far as what set you need to bring in. You know, we brought in some set pieces. You know, a roll top desk and a chaise and some tables and chairs and stuff like that. But you know, as far as the surroundings, is there? You know, the walls and the windows and the fireplace and the doors, they're there, and we just have to, you know have to use what's already there which makes the set designers job simultaneously a little easier and a little harder because again he can't come in and just go i don't like the color of these walls we're just going to paint them or slap some wallpaper up or let's where are we going to put all these set pieces furniture (laughs) pieces well no you know so we have the the roll top desk which is serves as three or four different pieces of furniture right. which would be on a huge on a huge, huge stage, stage. As, uh-huh. as angel suit was or gaslight was originally i mean at the, at the back of the script yeah there's right. a staging and there are there are several rooms yeah. i mean we have one little room with enough with enough room for as you said a chaise and a table and chairs and a rolltop desk mm-hmm. and we use those yes and it's fine and it works very well and there's other challenges with other spaces that you use. I mean, like you did um, the art studio. I've done things in a restaurant, mm-hmm. and they're actually cooking food, and so you, you deal with all the noise of the the restaurant. You deal with the servers. Yeah. Uh, you have to block everything and plan everything around when they're serving the meal mm-hmm. and how they're serving. Uh, people are eating while the play is going on. Talking, cleaning. Talking, yeah. Yeah. Um, and... I did one in one restaurant one time and had it all worked out. It worked great. And we decided to do another one there and they had changed the restaurant and put a a row of um, booths down the center that were like four or five feet high, which just totally changed. You you couldn't go across the room anymore. You had to walk all the way around and the sight lines, uh, it just... These are so, just challenges that are yeah. just... Did you have audience sitting in those centers? Yes. Oh. <laughs> so it wasn't just theater in the round. It was theater in the middle. <laughs> yeah, right, right. And a, a round, around the audience as opposed to yeah. the yeah. audience being around the theater or around the space. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, and uh, you interacted with, uh, with the audience. So there was a lot of interaction by the by the actors that have to interact with the audience. <laughs> They're interactive plays. Uh, well, and that yeah. kind of throws back to a previous episode where we talked about creating inside the box. Right. Sometimes right. the more restrictions you have, the more creative you get. You have to be. Yeah. Have yeah. To be. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. If you start with a black box, well, you can come up with just about anything. Right. But, you know. <laughs> right. And you, can move this, and you can have the audience sitting anywhere that you want. Right. Now. But here, it's... Where, what it is. Right. And in the restaurant, the bar was where the bar was. We weren't going to move it. The, the booths became where the booths were. Uh, we right. did move a few tables one time, but even that was 
they weren't real happy about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. We could move them back afterwards. Right. Mm -hmm. And like I said, all the sounds and people walking by and in the middle of play, somebody would come in because they didn't know what was going on. We didn't have the front door locked because you can't lock people in. Right. <laughs> but it just creates interesting. And it's a lot of fun sometimes doing theater in those found spaces. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. You know, and, and trying to make it fit the space and fit the place. And, and it, it can be a challenge marketing-wise. Um, like, in this particular case, we're very lucky because um, Lilburn Community Partnership is, you know, very excited about us doing shows in their space and they're helping us market it and they're getting the word out to their people and we're getting the word out to our people but when you're just going in and, you, and you're just like look you have a space and i want to rent it and they're like eh, okay whatever yeah as long as you give us money we don't care what you do here and and all the marketing's on you and then all of a sudden your audience is going but where are you right yeah and that's actually a question we get every year in the lowburn christmas parade when we're you know parading along with our costumes and our banner and we get shouted at from the sidelines where are you right everywhere. we're right here <laughs> we're everywhere, we're everywhere. <laughs> several weeks ago was uh Lilburn days and we had a booth, and that was the biggest question. Yeah. Oh, I, I came to one of your plays, but I can't... Where are you? <laughs> <laughs> so there's... Stagewrighttheater.org. Yes. Stage <laughs> right. with... Staged with a D. Yes. It's yeah. hard hard to hear when people say right. it, but it, there's And staged. theater with an R-E at the end. Yes. Yes. Proper, but yeah, I mean, we, we are definitely, definitely in the market for a home. Um, there's... Definitely, there are benefits to found space theater, but there's an even bigger benefit, especially when you're trying to do what we're doing, which is establish roots in a community and be Lilburn's community theater. Right. So we're, we are trying to build that partnership and we're trying to become a part of Lilburn. So we're not out here just doing it for us. We want that, that give and take. You know, when, when Lilburn knows where you are, <laughs> then they're, you know, then it's going to be easier for them to come support you and, and, and gain the benefits of having a community theater. So that's, that's I think, a downside to found space theater. Actually, I... I'd kind of like to do a combination of the two where, you know, one show a year right. every now and then you go somewhere else and, and right. do something fun or you do a fundraiser event somewhere else. Right. That right. just brings in a different crowd and has a whole different feel to it. <clears throat> right. right. Or you you could have, you yes, or you could do a smaller show. Mm -hmm. Right. Which would fit in that found space. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I mm -hmm. would love for this to be a tradition of, of doing these period pieces, these intimate period pieces in the Wynne Russell house. I don't know if we can do that every year because it's really hard to find a script that fits, which is another challenge of found space theater. Would your play fit in the space? And this, right. this and space- And all 30 of your actors. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this space has the typical restrictions of, you know, how many actors can you fit in and how much set can you have and, you know, you really, action can, really can't take place in more than one room, although it does in this play, but I'm not going to say more, I don't as well. And that's um, the minimum number right. of audience that, yeah. you can, that you can have and still Be break, break even. Right. <laughs> and then, but add in the fact that this is a historic landmark and we can't modernize it, we can't make it look like, you know, a New York City apartment. Um, you know, that further restricts the kinds of scripts that we can do here. We need scripts that you know, fit into this space thematically. So yeah. For the last uh, several years in the summer, we've also done Theater Under the Stars. Mm -hmm. And when you do it outside, that creates a, another set of yes. complications. Oh, yeah. And yes. you got to find a play that will work outdoors. Yes. 
Uh, this year we did Adam and Eve, uh, the yes. Diaries of Adam and Eve yes. by Mark Twain. Um, David Byrne, I guess, technically wrote the play, but based on the diaries written right. by Mark Twain, mm. and, which were in a garden. <laughs> uh huh. And it was an Eden like. Yes. But then you have lighting issues because you're doing it under the stars, so. And sound issues. If you've never done theater, the difference between sound outdoors and indoors oh is gosh, a lot yes. different. Yes. You well, cannot well. hear as well. So, so yeah, our the we're cost of saying is much different. <laughs> Yeah, we're coming up actually on our fifth anniversary of Theater Under the Stars. Mm -hmm. um, and I know Kendall, our managing director, is already, you know, making plans to kind of celebrate that this will be our fifth one in the summer. So, um, but yeah, every every year it's been finding the script that's going to fit that space, you know, that Under the Stars space. And our first year we did um, Tally's Folly which I am a enormous Lanford Wilson fan, <laughs> and I had literally waited 20 plus years for the opportunity to direct that play, so hello. <laughs> um, it was fantastic, and we had a fantastic cast, but the entire play takes place on a, a, a boat dock that was built to look like a gazebo. So that was all outdoors. So yeah, so it's it's finding, finding the right play to fit your found space can be very challenging. So sometimes you start with the space and sometimes you start with the play. <laughs> right. Well, I think you, I don't think we are at that spot yet where we can start with a play. You know, to, to start with a play, you have to have choices. You have to but, have options. But you started with Doll's House and then thought about this space. True. I mean, you didn't have this space true. and then went and found Doll's House. That's true. That's what I meant by sometimes you'll have a yeah. script and you'll find a space where you that's different where you can do that play gotcha when we did constellations our third year we tried something different and we did it under the pavilion at the picnic pavilion at the Lilburn city park so theater under the stars was not under the stars it was under a big metal roof and it started raining and of course the rain oh, sounds man. like bullets oh, on yeah. the, the Underworth, roof man. and then there's trains going by so so that was definitely a lesson learned in found space theater because we get rained on every year at Theater of the Stars. It's it's become pretty much a tradition. We expect it. So so we thought we were like, okay, we're we're gonna get ahead of the rain and we're gonna have a roof over us. And no, that was the rain beat us anyway. So yeah, sometimes you think you're being really clever with your found space and then it just does not work. Yeah, and the one restaurant we were at was in Tucker. If you've ever been to downtown Tucker, Georgia, there's a railroad track that goes right through the middle of it. Mm -hmm. And right in, invariably, <laughs> <laughs> right. and they have to blow the whistle yeah. when they cross a main street. Yeah. <laughs> well, the original space at uh, Theater in the Square was right there on a railroad. I mean, the, the railroad track went right by the building, mm -hmm. right, right past the building. <laughs> in the middle of the play, it, and you had to stop. If you were on stage, you had to stop. You couldn't because nobody could hear the lines. So you just waited, froze. Right. When the train went by, it picked up. <laughs> and it was fine. Yeah. And, and the audience knew that was going to happen yeah. because... <laughs> yeah, that's when, so, you, that's when you count, again, on audience buy-in. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, if you're doing it well, they go along with whatever goes on. Yeah. Yeah. Cheers. <laughs> As he takes a swig of water. <clears throat> uh, he says it's water, right. but... It is the beginning of Tech Week. So. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, we did directed a play a couple of years ago, which we did in campground. Mm -hmm. We did the Way of the Cross, which was outdoors. Right. 
cast of 50. Could not afford to mic <laughs> 50 people. Right, yeah. We could afford to mic five. <laughs> well, and micing outdoors has its yeah. own oh, yeah. set right. of issues. Oh, oh, especially just, if you don't have windscreens for the mics. Right. And, oh, my right. gosh. Oh, it was just, yes, yes. So we so we, we rented the over-the-year ones, the, the, right. the, the mm-hmm. really good ones. And um, so Jesus had one, and Pilot had one. There were some characters that we added in the, the cantor and and the uh, the prophet bold we had them mic'd mm-hmm. and then everybody else that had to speak we made sure that i made sure that they were close to the people with the mics <laughs> so it could pick them up yeah, right. yeah. but i mean you know and and we had big speakers outdoors for, for the you know for for sound effects and all but it was interesting because it was outdoors and the crucifixion took, took place outdoors right, right so we had the audience underneath the arbor for the beginning of the play for pilots house for the for the temple etc and then the audience followed jesus out when when the when the soldiers take him out the audience got up and followed him to the crucifixion site so then the audience was all outdoors so it was interesting it did not rain on performance it rained all during tech week and we had it plan b in and we had dug holes uh-huh. To put the crosses in, if and totally reblocked it just in case it rained, but it didn't. It was eighty degrees and beautiful for the for the performance dates. This space really does yes. influence your show. Right. You have to be very conscientious in found space theater that your found space is going to be an addition to your show yeah. and it's not just one of the characters in the show is yeah. the space. Yeah. You have to work with it, play off of it. And now we're at the point in our podcast where we do our Would You Rather segment. <clears throat> Jim, would you like to start? Sure. It's just like, would you rather develop a show for a specific space? I mean, have to maybe write the script and, and develop it. Or find a space to fit a particular show. A unique space, not just on stage. Personally, I would rather develop the play for the space. Right. Which is not necessarily easier, but... I think is more challenging, more interesting, more. It re- requires a different kind of creativity, because mm-hmm. uh, you're looking at it from a different angle. I mean, if you're if you're directing a play which was already written for, and you're trying to find a space for it, you have the play, so you have something in mind. When you have a space and you're given a play to develop, it's the possibilities are limitless. See, I actually have the opposite take on that. Okay. Um, well, good. Yeah. If you have if you have the space and you're trying to develop a play for it, it's too restrictive. You know, and yes, we have talked about how limitations can spark creativity, and sometimes that's the case. You know, I've just seen too many shows and read too many scripts where it's just so obvious that they're trying to shoehorn this in. You know, they're trying to make it work in you know in this space. And it's not always because it was written for a space. Um, you know, sometimes it was like, it's obvious that they have this one element that they want to use, so they try to build this play around it, but it doesn't happen naturally. And I'm not a playwright, but I know that speaking with playwrights, a lot of them say that the play just often does not develop the way that they originally intended it. And they have to let it just go. Yes. You know, and see oh, where it ends true. up. Well, if you if you placed this giant box around your script before you even start writing it and it wants to go this way well but the box won't let it and so you have to kind of force it to come back this way i think it becomes obvious in the writing and as a director i would prefer to direct a play where i need to make the space fit the play and not make the play fit the space if that makes sense 
Yeah, there it's unique challenges either way because if you take Doll's House or Angel Street, you have to find a space where it would work. Mm -hmm. You couldn't do that in just a restaurant, mm -hmm. for example. If you're working right. in a restaurant, you have to work something that works in a restaurant because that's with, the space. With, you know. with, right. Yes, with, and, with the distractions and all of that, that. Right. Well, and why are you in the restaurant? Yes. Right. You know, it has to take place at a bar. It has right. to take right. place. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, a gathering or something and like mm -hmm. you said so you're restricted in where you can go yeah because a lot of times when you're writing and when I'm writing a lot of times I'll develop characters and then I'll let the characters develop the play mm -hmm. you have an idea but as you start writing dialogue it just it starts writing itself yeah and all of a sudden you get to a point you go well I didn't think I thought of that <laughs> yeah and I, I certainly don't mean to imply that it never works but coming from a directing standpoint I see that it does not work disproportionately to how many times it does work. Right. And so as a director, I would rather not mess with that um, and, and do, you know, rather find a space that I can make fit the play rather than try to shove a play into a certain space. Yeah, that would be the hardest is to say, here's your space, here's your play. Yeah. With no forethought into does the space work for that right. play. <laughs> right. Oh, okay. So I kind of misread the question then. No, no, you didn't. We just kind of went off on a little tangent. No, no, no. But, I, no, but, I, no, but I'm saying that if you if you're when you said develop a play, because mm -hmm. like with the way of the cross, we developed it. I mean, yeah, the, yeah, the, you can the, start from the ground. The, the, the Bible was there, right? You know, you know, but we, but no, I was thinking of writing writing the whole script. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, and, and since this is the director's town round table, I was approaching it from the director's Director perspective. Sure. Like if somebody else, you know, I would rather somebody commission somebody to write a play and let them have the freedom to let the play develop as it may, than say, okay, I need you to write a play and it needs to fit in this room. Because I, I, I think the quality of the two are, I think there's a significant difference. Yeah. Now they can write a play to fit this room. What they can't do is write a play and then you make it fit this room. Right. That's where that's yes. where you really get into trouble. You know? <laughs> right. Right. Okay. Because if, if you're sitting in a living room, you could write a play that takes place in yeah. a living room. All right. So here's my would you rather. Would you rather direct a play on a raft or in a bouncy house? <laughs> you mean where it's performed? Yes. On yeah. a raft? Yes. Or in a yes. bouncy house? Yeah. Well, at least in the bouncy house, you have walls. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> on a raft... You can't have men overboard anytime. Yeah, you, you can't fall out of the mountain. Right, right. And you have to figure out where people are going to stand so that it doesn't tip the raft. Because you can't have all your actors on one side. <laughs> That's an interesting question. That does, that, make the, that does make the bouncy house uh, more reasonable when you're thinking about walking. <laughs> you know, when you're talking about when people cross... Yeah, you always have to do that. <laughs> yeah, and you can have them jumping <laughs> over each other. Yeah. Yeah, it, all sorts of interesting things. And stuff. it also depends on the water that the raft is floating on. Are we talking the ocean with a storm or a, <laughs> right, right. Or a pond? Yes, yeah, the Mississippi River. Yeah. I mean, think, all of a sudden I thought of Huckleberry Finn. Yeah. The big river. river yeah. Or is, you it, know, or is yeah. it that pond on that roof where you did the yeah, other? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that, interesting question. Yeah. <laughs> So you would say bouncy house. I would say bouncy house. Yeah, I think the roof, I think the raft though would be challenging because you oh, have yeah. to just the whole dynamic. Yes, of right. Equilibrium. Right, right, <laughs> right. Yeah, I think I would do it on the raft. How deep is yeah. the water? <laughs> and the bouncy house may be harder to walk on. You, yeah, you fall down more. 
But I mean, you could have character. I mean, depending on the play, uh -huh. you know, you could do a little, little Mermaid on a raft would be great because you have people coming up out of the water. I mean. <laughs> You know, it's all of a sudden, yeah. you ask the question. Right. <laughs> That's the point started, of the started, question. Started, started, That's started, the started, idea. It's starting to happen. <laughs> Which Sarah and B did do the Little Mermaid on the water. Yeah. But I'm talking and just a raft, right. <laughs> not a Sarah and B Yeah, set. yeah, yeah. I mean, I love water anyway. But yeah, I think it would be, it would be a unique challenge. And I, you know, I'm ve I think I'm very good with blocking. But, you know, for, for directors who struggle with understanding composition and balance and all that, that's going to make them think about that. it real quick, real hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, you, you, yeah, you want to keep that picture just right. But that's where you get them to put everybody in a straight line. Right across yeah. the <laughs> or down the middle. Then, yeah. That's right, right. It's not a ramp. And you have to figure out who's, you know, weights and, and sizes of people, too. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Like years ago, when I used to fly on these small planes, and they they'd get on just before the plane would take off, and they'd have people change seats so they could balance. I'm like, really? <laughs> <laughs> You're heavier than them. Could right, you sit right, over right. here and let them sit over there? I think in a helicopter that would be even it would be more right. Um, I don't important. Know. I've flown a lot of helicopters. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm not really interested. In Too many of those crash. It, 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 you hear about that happening more yeah. often. Yeah. Kind of, would you rather be the artistic director or a, a director brought in? I would rather be the artistic director. And that's in actually a very interesting question because there was a time, you know, right before I became the artistic director of stage, right, where I was done with being artistic director. Um, you know, because I, I had started a theater back in whatever, um, in called Cuda Theater Atlanta. So I had already built a theater from the ground up as artistic director, and I knew how hard <laughs> that was and how much you had to invest time and emotionally and even, you know, dig it into your own pocket. And then I was the artistic director for the Boys and Girls Clubs of Broward County in Florida. Mm -hmm. I, I actually left Cuda Theater to take that job in Broward County, which was, you know, extremely rewarding. But again, um, and I, when I got there, like when I got there, I had uprooted my life in Georgia, moved to Florida to take this job, and was told within the first month that they were thinking about axing the program. So for three years, I'm running this program literally with this axe. And I mean, literally, there was, no. um, I mean, the figurative, literally, um, you know, with, with an axe over my head for three years, I never knew when my job was going to be axed. So, so in addition to wanting to, you know, produce the highest quality theater that I could produce, you know, and teach these kids to take pride in their theater and, and, you know, and to produce high quality theater themselves, I was trying to keep the program alive. And of course, thankfully not by myself, my boss, um, Michelle White, shout out, I don't think she listens, but, um, <laughs> you know, she was, she was fighting hard for the program and I was fighting hard for the program and it was just always like, so it was, it, it's just this constant fight to stay alive, you know, and I've always said, if you're not growing in theater, you're dying. Mm -hmm. There's no stagnating, there's no leveling out, there's no cruising, you're either growing or you're dying, so... They finally did axe the theater. 
Um, you didn't know how personal this was going to get, did you? That's funny. <laughs> and yeah, and it was question. heartbreaking. It was heartbreaking for me. Absolutely broke my heart. And and I came back to Georgia, and I got back into community theater in Georgia. County seat was gone at this point. Um, Cooter Theater was gone at this point. You know, so I was just trying to find a new theater home and just was not interested in, in being that, that lawyer again. And then um, Robbie Summerhour approached Brian Jones about Stage Strike Theater, and Brian said, hmm, you should talk to Starshine. So um, Robbie talked to me. I mean, he was so excited and so enthusiastic and, and, and that it just, it sucked me in. And so um, I'm back in it. I am back in the fight, and it is a fight. And and um, not to get too, you know, maudlin or make you all think that I have a heart or anything, but I've you know, been very lucky that Jim has, you know, come on board this year because I have... You know, I have outside stuff that's pulling me away from the theater, and I'm just, you know, it's I'm grateful to have somebody picking up the fight for me, and you know, and it, it is shoulder it's just, to shoulder, yeah, yeah, and you just you can never relax, you can never step back, you can never say, hey, we're doing great, you know, it's always how do we get bigger, how do we get better, how do we do more. And it's exhausting, and um, I think I'm kind of addicted because here I am again. <laughs> so long, long answer is yes. I would rather be the artistic director than an outside director, because as an outside director, you're you know you're just in and you're out, and you know you don't have as quite the same investment. But there's something more rewarding about the continuing fight. I'm sorry, I sucked up all the air in the room, and now Jim has nothing left to say. <laughs> well, they're kind of two different things in some ways. Yeah. Um, you know, as artistic director, I mean, there's the whole uh, finding the plays, finding spaces, working with the managing director, you know, all those issues, the money, the funding, the all the, uh, the technical personnel, all those aspects that have to go into it. Whereas the director, if you come into a place... You, you assume all that stuff's taken right. care of for you. Right. Uh, so you can focus more on just that play. So there's some nice things about directing in your own theater. Mm-hmm. Sure. Because you know the, you know the people, right. you know the system. Right. And, and, you know, I've directed other places, you've directed other places. Every time you go someplace new, you have to learn their system. Yeah. Sure. You know, because some, some have, like, just a simple example, like um, tech meetings. Some will have tech meetings every week. Some will have, like, no tech meetings. <laughs> I can't uh, even. No, I, do that. I can't I even. Can't do that. Yeah. I would force that. Yeah. Uh, you know, and some have several, you know, and you got to find, you got, you know, and some have, well, this is our lighting guy, and these are the lights you get. And sometimes it's, okay, I'm your lighting guy. What do you want? You know, mm-hmm. and it's just... Oh, I can do that? Yeah. yeah. No, you can't because we run this thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so there's there's advantages to both and mm-hmm. disadvantages to both. Well, and sometimes as, as the guest director, you don't even get to choose your play. No, yeah, that's the other thing. You know, they're like, hey, these this is our season we and, need to direct this. Yeah. You know, and we need you to direct this. You know, and, and here at um, Staged Right, we there's a little flexibility. It's like, this is our season. If you're interested in directing, you know, d- tell us Talk which shows you want to direct. Been there. So, and, and, <laughs> <laughs> and that in itself can be an odd kind of benefit because I have, there are two shows in my theater history that I'm actually very proud of. 
that I never would have chosen to direct because of my own preconceived notions. But having said that, (laughs) I would still rather be the artistic director. (laughs) Some say I have control issues, so maybe that has something to do with it. I don't know. What about you? Oh, do I get to answer my own question? Oh, 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 I don't know. So I've been both too. Uh So, because I just... 10 years, spent 10 years, co-founded Impart, Mm -hmm. which was a theater company out of Mountain Park United Methodist Church. But we were separate. We weren't, we didn't depend on the church's budget or anything like that. We presented a budget to the church. They gave us a space and, you know, we made sure that we did plays that were mostly appropriate. appropriate. Although we did do Steel Magnolias, Mm -hmm. we did do Children of a Lesser God, which was pretty much on the edge right? <laughs> and did, did the line. And, and, and did and did uh, but the pastor liked it so we're good um <laughs> but yeah so i spent 10 years and we did two shows a year for 10 years and i got to choose all the plays <laughs> and it was great yeah and i got to say well i want to direct this one or i want to be in this one or whatever uh-huh. and you know which is it's it's nice having that flexibility i wasn't i was going to use the word power and i went no because it's not really. There's it, a flexibility there, mm-hmm. and and there's a you can creatively go. Oh, I know who could direct this, or mm-hmm. I know who could who who could who could be in this, or just have open auditions. And we opened the auditions to the community, and that's how we got good great people for Children of a Lesser God. Mm-hmm. There were only two out of the of the whole cast that were from the church. Everybody else came in from mm-hmm. the community. And it was it was terrific. Yeah. Because all of a sudden here are people that the church don't know performing in their in the in their space. Mm-hmm. And you know we brought in for Children of the Lesser God. We brought in um, a lady who was deaf to teach sign language, although two of the actors already knew sign language. And we got her son, who was who was hearing but who knew sign language, to be in a play. He'd never been in a play before, and he got into it. Nice. I mean, he he didn't want him, but she kind of made him. <laughs> said, "You're going to be here anyway, translating for me," because he trans he would translate for her. Uh huh. Because her she could speak, but her it was sometimes hard to understand what she was saying. So he would translate, and she would give him sign, and he would translate for her. Nice. And it was really interesting. But then being a director and, and like for Angel Street, mm-hmm. a lot of the stuff is off me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like you were saying, Jim. Right. I mean, I, I'm you know. Although I still like to get involved in you know <laughs> the marketing and stuff because because I've had experience with that too and yeah. all and it, it's but it, you know there are people to do it right. so if I have an idea I have somebody I can go to and say right. hey what about this and when an issue comes up you go to somebody else and say fix it yes yes <laughs> what can we do about this yeah. as opposed to people coming to you and say what can we do about this yeah. Yeah. and so the yeah you either are asking the questions or you're giving the answers but so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> My, I don't know what the answer is. I like both. I mean, uh-huh. I, you know, I like directing. I like performing, too. So, you know, that's that, and that's a whole other thing. Right. Um, directing and performing in the same show is interesting, too. Yeah. Only did it twice. Uh, once was, was um, The Foreigner. I played Froggy. Froggy's only in the first scene and the last scene. So that was okay. But I couldn't find anybody to do the Cockney accent. And so I just said, I'm going to do it. And it was fine. <laughs> Because, you know, but, but yeah. I only did it once, and that's when I had to step in in the, yeah. in the oh, last right. week of the show. I mean, the last week, tech week. Oh, and not, step in, not right? in the middle of the show. Right, yeah. Okay. But you lose so much because yeah. you're on stage, and you can't see what's going on right. when you're on stage. Right, yeah. Right. 
Right. And, and I never got to see the final show because I never got to see the final product that I had directed. Right. <laughs> right. right. No, no, sure. I understand. Yes. All yes. right. Thank you for joining us today, G. Yeah. Thank you again for having me. All right. I have totally enjoyed it. It was an interesting experience. Right. Are you nervous still? No, not at all. <laughs> so tell our listeners where they can find you and your projects on the web. Um, nowhere. Okay. No, I mean, seriously, I, I do one thing at a time. Uh-huh. I do one thing at a time. I'm doing English Street right now. Okay. Uh, I'm going to take a break, you know, and then uh, we'll see what happens in the new year. I'm spent a long time in the in our own community and so I have I am rediscovering people <laughs> that I knew many years ago uh-huh. who are still doing it I am rediscovering people who I knew 20 years ago who have given it up and you know I'll call them and tell you still didn't know I'm not doing that anymore uh-huh. I met one this afternoon as a matter of fact so yeah I, so you can discover me in Angel Street directing <laughs> Angel Street <laughs> Starting this Friday, the 26th of October, and running through November the 4th. All right. And you can find out more about Gene Paulson's current project at stagedrighttheater.org. And obviously, you can you'll watch that space for upcoming fundraisers and, of course, auditions for Every Brilliant Thing, which I personally am extremely excited mm-hmm. about. I won't tell you what I did when I found out we got the rights. And, um, but if you ask my son, he'll be happy to rat me out. And then, um, of course, if you're on Facebook, please follow us on Facebook and that'll keep you up to date with what we've got going on. Would love it if you would leave something in the comments. Tell us some of your own found space experiences. 